0: right in the middle of a series and uh, you know um, uh, for those of you that this is your first Wednesday we march uh, chapter by chapter on Wednesdays we tackle topics on Sundays books of the Bible on Wednesdays Uh, Wednesdays are more for the person that's that's taken their uh, their walk with the Lord really serious Um, doesn't mean you're perfect just means that you're taking it really serious um, and, and people that come only on Wednesdays they take it very serious as well and a lot of them can't come on Wednesday because um, they work uh, if, if we could see Highway 45 right now it would still be bumper to bumper they can't come um, but people who who can come and they choose to come uh, it's only because you take your relationship with God serious and, uh, and, and one of the the, the, the facets of your relationship with God, that is most important, is worshiping effectively. To, to be able to worship effectively, um, it, that, that is huge. Um, all prayer is good prayer, but the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Which which tells us that if it's not effectual and it's not fervent, you have to wonder. Are you with me? I believe God hears all prayers. But if he's making a note that effectual and fervent weighs a lot, what are we to assume if it's not effectual and it's not fervent? Uh, so, you can pray more effectively in like you can worship more effectively and and that 's what is being discussed in Ecclesiastes chapter five and and what 's happening here is they 're talking about and this is so cool because in seven verses, he talks about somebody going to worship which is going to be point number one, or Roman numeral number one. And then he talks about somebody actually worshiping, which is going to be point number two. And then point number three, he starts talking about the person that's done worshiping and they're going back to their ordinary life. And so he talks about before you go into the house of God, on your way, when you're in your your Honda Civic, on your way to the house of God, he talks about that. He talks about worshiping. And then he talks about going back to your ordinary life. So we're going to unpack this, and and let's start off just by reading the entire passage. It's seven verses, and then we'll start picking it apart. Okay, it reads like this. As you enter the house of God, you see where he's going here? As As you're going in, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Hey, it's in the Bible, all right? It's in the Bible. And he's talking to all of us. So you can't look at someone like, I told you, shut your big." <laughs> we're going to peel this back in a minute. Now watch this. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Again, we're going to talk about effective worship and ineffective worship. Verse 2. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. I like that. (laughs) I don't know if it's just me, but that's just really funny. It's like, hey, God is God, you're not. God lives in heaven and you live on Cherry Street i don't know if that's funny no it's funny to me but it goes (laughs) don't be hasty after all god is in heaven and you are here on earth so let your words be few think about what you're about to say too much activity gives you restless dreams too many words makes you a fool when you (laughs) i heard someone go amen When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to Him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry, and He might wipe out everything you have achieved. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. See, on Wednesdays we go a little bit deeper. We go a little bit deeper. you guys ready to go there tonight? Before we worship, Roman numeral number one. This is what is happening before we worship. Worship begins before it begins. Fruitful worship begins before it begins. There's a preparation of the mind and the preparation of the spirit. Now that's what I appreciate about KSBJ Radio. Now, in full transparency... Maybe not in full transparency. Maybe I'll scale back. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a little challenging sometimes when a song goes on high rotation. Right? Is, it, is, it, is that understood? It's like, okay. All right. Is that a good way of saying it? It's a little challenging. It's a little challenging. Um, Sunday mornings, on the other hand, KSVJ Radio 89.3, if you don't know. It is all church songs. Songs that we sing here, church songs. So you're in preparation. If you're ever going to play music in your house, worship in your house, and and you're only going to do it one week one morning of the week, it'd be great to do it all seven, but if you're only going to do one, do it on Sunday. Because worship begins before it begins. It starts before the band starts. Now, I, I just read this recently. Hard ground. Those of you that are green thumbs, you already know this, but I just learned it. Hard soil. Like, so hard it's, it's like, um, like like, a, like a, a dirt road that like cars drive on. Hard soil. When rain comes, when a hard rain comes, it just rolls right off. But if there's mist in the air before the rain comes it actually loosens up the soil so then when the rain comes it's able to sink in see a lot of times we have been working so hard all week long we've got so many stresses so many concerns whether we realize it or not we have toughened ourselves up in survival mode we got our business face on, our mom face on, our dad face on, our mow the grass look on, uh, our, our pay the bills. Uh, none of this is bad. This is just like serious mode. We're harden up, taking care of business, cleaning the house, doing 14 loads of laundry, just pounding through it. And then you show up to church and it's like you can't quite, the worship, the, the, the rain, if you will, the worship can't quite sink in. Because you've been in this fast go mode all week long. And so you you're you're still in the in the hard mode. And so that's why a lot of times during worship, the worship experience, you're not really connecting. It's kind of like water hitting on hard soil and just rolling right off. And you kinda of look around, I don't know if you've ever been there before, I have, and you're like, Man, that's really awesome that you guys are connecting, but What time is it? Are you with me? So that's why there has to be some type of preparation of the heart before worship begins. And so that's what he's saying here. He goes, as you enter into the house of the Lord, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Now, the mouth tells us what's going in here. The mouth squeals. The, the mouth tells us what's in the heart. Uh, I was listening to somebody, uh, and I was really, really crushed. Is this guy that I really admire a lot. I don't know if you if, if you know what I'm talking about. It's just somebody in your life that you just... You admire them a lot, and they don't know that you admire them. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's just like you admire them. You think they can probably walk on water. And, and it's just like, man... And, and he said something... And it just crushed me. And it wasn't even bad. He, it, what he did is he insulted uh, a mutual friend of ours. And, and everyone around started laughing. And, and I was so crushed that he did that. Because I know that when you're praying all the time, it is hard to insult someone. It's, it, it's like it doesn't, really, it doesn't really come out good. And, and it, it came out so free-flowing. Is this making sense? Let me, have you ever heard somebody who doesn't cuss ever, all of a sudden they cuss, and then it's like, you don't cuss good, don't do that anymore. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Not that It's like people that have been cussing since they were two, they don't even know, and it just—it kind of just all go. But somebody that doesn't ever cuss, and all of a sudden they cuss. is like, <laughs> you, you don't—that it, 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 well, it, didn't feel right. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I kind of dug myself a deep one on that one. Um, but it's—it's it's like, how can you? How can? How can you be a person that prays as much as I imagine you pray and? and say that so that tells me that there's no way you're praying as much as I'm imagining that you're praying so what am I saying here is it's it's like this preparation of the heart and your mouth says what's in the heart so we start preparing it's like okay here we go I'm about to be worshiping God. I'm about to go into the house of God. Here we go. Here we go. Now watch this. It is scary if we're only preparing our bodies and our clothes for the house of God, but we're not preparing our hearts for the house of God. All right? It, it, we, we can't be that person, and we've all done it. Not this far. I haven't done this far. But, but you know, we, we all... We've all done it. But we can't get caught up in preparing for each other and not preparing to be in the presence of God. We prepare to be in the presence of man, but not prepare to be in the presence of God. And so there's this preparation. So everyone say, it starts before it starts. It starts, before it starts. Starts, before it starts. starts before it starts. And now during worship... Roman numeral number two, during worship, there's three types of worshipers in the room. Always. Number one is a type of calm worship that keeps itself calm because it's cold. (laughs) Thank you. It's so calm, they're so cool, because they're cold. Number two, distracting enthusiasm. Now this is the world that I grew up in. (laughs) I would give you examples, but you wouldn't believe me. Is there anyone here that grew up Pentecostal? Or y'all would believe me. (laughs) Number three, there's those that are Pouring out of the heart, recognizing the presence of God is among us. It's like these polarizing. Now, there's something called private worship and public worship. Private worship, a good example of this, is in Matthew chapter 6. The Lord says this, When you pray in the secret place, I see you. So there's a type of praying that's done in secret. And then there's public worship. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, read it when you get home. There's a certain way that you are expected to behave so that people, and it says this in the Bible, I think it's the end of so that people don't think you're crazy. So you got public worship. You got private worship. Public worship 1 Corinthians chapter 14, private worship. Matthew chapter 6. Now when you're in public worship, you're very mindful of two things. Number one, that you are in the presence of God. You are in the presence of God. You came here to meet with God. He is here. Now what are you going to do? You are in the presence of God. Well, I don't know the songs. The songs have nothing to do with it. They are the atmosphere builders. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. The worship team praises. He begins to inhabit the room. You're here. You didn't come here to see Frankie. You didn't come here to see Bobby or Kathy or Susie or Janene. You came here to see to meet with God. Now, what are you going to do? That's number one. Number two in public worship is you recognize that you are not in this room alone. Right. Okay, so you have to respect the fact that you don't want to be a distraction. And um, Brother Dwayne has a taser for those of you that want... No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, having said that, private worship to know how to worship in private is so incredibly important because what happens in private affects what's happens in public. Here's the thing that I've learned about God and I've talked about this before, that God is not good at keeping secrets. He's just not. If you are unholy in private, Because he's a good God, he may give you a season of grace. But it is going public if you don't get it straightened out. There's a worship leader right now that half of this room knows that was all over the newspapers and Facebook and everything else. 90% of this room sang his songs. Something was going on in private and it went public. What happens in private get shouted from the rooftops. If you haven't been being a good boy in private, the world's going to find out. If you have been crying out to God in private, the world is going to find out. It's the deal. It's just that is the facts. Now, for anyone in this room, that, that petrifies you, that scares the mess out of you, because you know you have something private going on in your life that the closest people in the world that are to you, they don't even know about it. They don't even know about it. And so I know there's people in this room. You know I, I'm talking to you. So, so just for the next few minutes, nobody amen me because I don't want you to, people to feel uncomfortable. And then you can start amening me in about five minutes because I enjoy the encouragement. But I, I want to be sensitive to the fact that there's people in this room that you have a part of your life that nobody knows about. And you know that if you don't stop, you are in that season of grace and it is going to come out because God does not keep secrets very long. This is what I want to challenge you to do. In your private worship, You don't pray like you're in public. When you're in public, you recognize that you can't be a distraction. And you need to contain yourself. But in private worship, it is just you and God. And you have got to know how to cry out desperately and passionately before God and beg Him for two things. Number one is His mercy to forgive you and the grace to empower you so that you'll stop. But you better pray fervently and passionately and effectually, consistently. And you pray and you pray because flesh cannot fix flesh. You can yell at yourself, point yourself, hit yourself with a bat, get mad at yourself, slam your head in the door. You can get as mad as you want at yourself and you will still continue to do what you're doing because flesh cannot fix flesh. You have got to call on God and beg for Him to give you mercy and to give you grace. A good example of a private worshiper is this girl named Hannah who was in the Bible, and she could not bear a baby. She had everything in life. If you study Hannah, she had everything. Things were going so well. She had an awesome husband, awesome living arrangements. They were not hurting for money, but she did not have the one thing that she wanted most, and that was a baby. And she cried out to God privately, so passionately, so fervently that someone actually caught her praying in secret. And when he saw her, when the priest saw her, he said, are you drunk? Because she had gotten so desperate. And she had gotten so passionate that she was just exhausted in worship. I don't know if you've ever been there before. But you're exhausted in worship. And now you're just mumbling to yourself. If you don't know how to lay it all out there in private worship. If your only worship is in public worship. Oh, you're missing out on so much. You will get your tail handed to you by life and Satan at the same time if you do not know how to worship in private. I'm just telling you, that world out there is hard, it is tough, There is an enemy that's out to kill, seek, and destroy your family, your faith, your hope. You go, I got a wonderful family right now. Do you know how hard the enemy is coming at your wonderful family right now? There is a hedge of protection. The only reason why your family is wonderful right now is because angels are at work. Not not because hell isn't coming at you. It, don't think that hell has taken the uh, 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 we're just going to give them the year off. no no no, they have not given you the the the, the year off they haven't given you the day off they haven't given, every single day they come at you just as hard as they did the day before. Your angels are at work they are at work. you ought to thank God for it. but every once in a while that hedge gets lifted up. And you don't understand why you're sick, why you're throwing up, why you lost your job, why you got these horrible headaches, why you get this sore, why the marriage isn't doing good, why you're not communicating with him, why you're, the, the hedge got lifted up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You just going to be mad? You're going to try to figure it out? You're going to try to just deal with this? What are you going to do? I didn't realize I was going to get all fired up on a Wednesday. I didn't know that. No, 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 no. Give me some. Go get the Prado guitar. There you go. If you don't know how to worship in private, go figure it out. I told my son one time I said, "Luke, You're a good prayer. He goes, Daddy, you can't pray bad. (laughs) I was like, that's my boy. (laughs) I told him the other day, he's joined a new basketball team. And I said, hey, I'm going to go talk to your coach. And I'm going to tell him that I want you doing a lot of dribbling. I need you working on your dribbling. He goes, "You're, you're talking like you're the boss or something. I was like, I am the boss. He goes, yeah, well, don't act like it. <laughs> He's eight. Don't act like it. Don't. What happens in the house of God? If you're going to write down any notes at all, write this down, because you're going to want these, these scriptures. When you walk into this house, when you walk into this room, you walk into this sanctuary, this place is not special because we say it's special. It's special because in Genesis chapter 28, verse 17, it says this How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Deal with that. The house of God is the gate of heaven. Why are we preparing ourselves on the way to to worship? Why why does it start before it gets? We are about to be standing at the gate of heaven. And we cannot take that position lightly. You say, well, God didn't answer my prayers. Guess what? All of us have that complaint. (laughs) All of us have that complaint. That there are certain prayers that the Lord didn't answer. And we don't understand why. Because these, he, he answered. We got a yes on these. We got a no on these. If we could have picked, we would have said yes over here, no over there if we had to pick. We don't understand. We don't understand God. But at the end of the day, God created stars. Okay? He, cre- he took breath. He took you and... He is God, and He loves you, and you are standing. When you are standing in this room, you are standing at the gate of heaven. How are you going to act? How are you going to respond? This room is not like just any other room. In Psalms chapter 26, verse 8, it says this, I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Oh, my goodness. This is where his presence dwells. I've talked about this before. Somebody said, oh, the presence of God is everywhere. Absolutely. But that's his omnipresence. That means it's everywhere. You know what omnipresence is? It's, 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 like, it's like oxygen in the earth. It's everywhere. But manifest presence is when you feel it. When you feel wind, that's the contrast. You feel it. You feel the wind, the oxygen getting blown in your face. So manifest presence is when he says, Right here, you're going to experience me. Now I'm everywhere, but right there is where you experience me. Psalms chapter 20, verse 2. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. When you need help, this is where you come. This This is where you come. You come in. Now here's the deal. Do you come in like this and go? I don't see any help. Mm -mm. recognize you are standing at the gate of heaven you get that in your head you just walked up to the gate of heaven if you could see in the spirit there would be angels everywhere you're at the gate of heaven who are those guys with the big fur hat on in england in london what are those guys called they you can't make them laugh who are they Bee feeders? Not really. The what? The royal guard. That sounds better than bee feeders. <laughs> Even though I know bee feeders is really... A, when I see Catherine over there nodding her head, I'm like, okay, you're, you're exactly right, Terry. <laughs> I got to get confirmation from a woman, you know? <laughs> so those guys, they're standing there because royalty is right behind those doors. Royalty. If you could see in the Spirit, you would see angels everywhere standing here because in the Spirit, right behind the doors, is the kingdom of God. You come walking in here, you have an issue and you have a problem. You don't come in here and go, I have a problem. No. You come in here and you say, I am in, I'm at the gates of heaven right now. And I know I'm in a public worship environment. So I can't go buck wild crazy like I do at home. But I'm blocking you guys out. Because I'm in the presence of God. I'm, a, I'm at the gates of heaven. And you just let your heart pour out. And, and the wonderful thing about God is that he doesn't just listen to your words. He listens to your heart. He hears both at the exact same time. So you can say the same words over and over again. He's hearing so much more. But you've got to open your mouth. Worship, the definition of worship is putting your mind's attention and your heart's affection on God. You come into the gates of heaven... You put your mind's attention, your heart's affection on God. And when your mind's attention begins to drift off, you grab it, and pull it back around, and begin to focus. And it drifts again. And then you pull it back around, and it drifts in front of you. And you pull it back around. And the one thing you don't do is cripple down and fold to these thoughts and just allow them to chase around. You, 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 don't, do, you don't just let your thoughts be like a butterfly. You pull them back. Pull them back. And here's the last awesome verse that I want to share with you about this particular topic of the sanctuary. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. The people that come in and say, I can't see you. And I can't see the the, the gate. But I know it's here. And so therefore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here every Sunday Every Wednesday, I dare you to open up the door on a Thursday, because I I am planted in the house of God. This is what happens, is God says, look, I see you're planting yourself here, even though you can't see me, but when you get into my courts, oh, that's going to be a good day for you. So that's during worship, and then Roman numeral number three, after worship now you're going back to your ordinary life you're closing your Bible and you're walking out the door and you're going back home to laundry and carpet that hasn't been vacuumed in days and weeds and alarm clocks right? you're not at the gates of heaven anymore where you come walking in and they're like hey welcome to Celebration Church now it's like mommy where's my shoes? You're not at the gates of heaven anymore. Nobody needs to tell you that. You come walking in, your neighbor's parked all cockeyed halfway on your yard. It's like, what in the world? Hypothetically. <laughs> You're not at the gates, so now it's after worship. This is what he says in, in verse 2. He says, Do not make rash promises. When you leave here, When you say something, don't make a promise. Then he says later on in that verse, don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. When you walk out of here, don't just pray about anything randomly. Think it through. Do you really want to ask for that? Do you really want to ask for that? Do you really want that? And if you do, if you really want to ask for that, And you really do want that. Present it to your king. Present it to your father. As a petition. Don't just throw it out there. Think it through. You may not want that. Number three. Verse three. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. When you walk out of here... Don't be working 59 hours a week. I'm going to leave that one alone right there. Verse 3, the second half of verse 3. Too many words make you a fool. Don't be one of these people. I went out to to lunch with somebody recently. I felt like they were baiting me. Trying to get me into an argument. And I was like, hold up a minute here. I, I don't even really care that much about what we're talking about. Are you ever been there? It's like, hold on a minute here. You're getting my, my, my dandruff up. I'm getting all sweaty. I'm kinda, I think I'm getting mad. I'm not sure if I'm getting mad. I don't even care what we're talking about. Are you, no, are you with that? It's like, hold up. I'm not going to be that guy. I know what you're doing. Too many words make you a fool. Then two more. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. Keep all the promises you make to him. In the very last one he says, don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise that you made was a mistake. That would make God angry and he might wipe everything out that you have achieved. Now why did I burn through that real quickly? Because number one, I don't have the time to unpack all six of those thoughts. Of everything that we do when we leave worship. But what I did do is I found the common thread between all six of them. And five of the six says this. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. If you read all six, five of the six is be careful about what comes out of your mouth. And you know, I I started thinking, man, that's really interesting. We're talking about worship and we're talking about what happens after worship. And now he goes on this like, you know, Rampage or, uh, on, on, on how you're talking. Like, I don't even see the correlation. And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. I do, actually, I do, I do, I do, I do see the correlation here. Uh, it's in James chapter 3, verse 10. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So, when you're coming into worship, you're preparing your heart. When you get into worship, you're at the gates of heaven. And when you leave worship, do not let that instrument that you worshiped God with go out there and start making these radical promises that you're not going to follow through with. I got this interesting example. Um, I made a, a commitment to this service for six months that I would pay them, I guess, like, 1995 for six months. Well, after the first month, I decided I couldn't stand their service. All right? Couldn't stand it. And not only did I, I could not stand their service, but the people who worked there that was providing the service, I'm probably not going to pray for them anytime soon. <laughs> Someone else is going to have to do that. So, I didn't like, uh, let me see if I can say it like a pastor. I was having trouble getting along. (laughs) So I didn't like the service. I didn't like the customer care. I didn't like anything about it. Well, my service with them is up in March. And so I'm like, man, I want to just cut my service. So I called them in January. I was like, hey, I want to cut my service. They said, we're sorry. You, you signed a contract for six months. I said, okay. When is it? March 9th. I remember, March 9th, March 9th, March 9th, March 9th, March 9th. On March 9th, you know where I'm going to be. I'm done with this service. Thank you very much. Craziest thing happens. We lose our credit card. So Allie, who's Johnny on the spot, she gets our, our credit card canceled within like two minutes after losing it. If, if I even drop the credit card on the floor, she's canceling it, okay? <laughs> Bam! I put my, like, she didn't even, canceling it, boom, cancel it. So the, this company calls me up, and they said, hey, we're having trouble processing your credit card. I'm like, oh, really? Huh. Well, what do you say? Beats me! So I hang up. I'm like, that's what y'all get, See? You want to be jerks, you want to give me a bad service, you want to laugh at me, da-da-da-da-da, that's what you get. And all of a sudden, does God ever show up when you don't invite him? (laughs) Like, I wasn't asking, I didn't ask you, I wasn't even praying, I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even praying. I wasn't even telling what it. it was just me. I'm watching ESPN. I'm like, ha, 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 boom. <laughs> Deal with it. And it's just like this little voice, not out loud. It's just like, let your yays be yays and your nays be nays. You said you were going to pay the bill. You told them you were going to pay your bill. You signed that you'd pay your bill. Now you're changing your mind that you don't want to pay the bill. Pay the bill. So I was like, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Now watch this. This was my next thought. Do I really want to jeopardize whatever's happening here over a bill? Do I really want to jeopardize this? Now, is God all of a sudden going to say, I don't love you anymore because of the bill? No, 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 no. But he's making a mental note. Clearly, my son's maturity level is still at the same place where his nays and nays and yays and yays are all mixed up. we got a character issue here. I think we're going to need to call in a test. And I'm not one to sign up for tests. (laughs) They come to everybody, but you don't have to ask for them. So I was like, I go to the car, get my credit card. Hey, I need to sit down. Nays, nays, yays, yays. Lord, I hope you can trust me just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Because I don't know about you, but I am that guy that says to the Lord, Abraham is dead. Moses is dead. Solomon is dead. Mark is dead. Matthew is dead. Luke is dead. D.L. Moody is dead. If you're looking to use anyone, I'd like for you to consider me. Is there anyone in this room that's like that? If you're looking to use anyone, I'd like for you to consider me. And we're not going to jeopardize that over trying to weasel out of something that we promised we'd do. That's all I got tonight. Just stand up.